You are listening to Crosstalk. A safe place to discuss addiction, recovery, harm reduction, and everything in between. Support for this podcast comes from the Kentucky Opioid Response Effort and Advocates of Recovery. Content and production by the team at Turning Point Recovery Community Center. Now, buckle up and get ready for the show. Welcome everyone to Crosstalk Recovery, the recovery podcast that supports all forms of recovery. I'm Matt Lewis, and I'm here with... Uh, my name is Austin Salyer. And Thomas McCollum. Welcome, guys. All right, this is going to be a fun one, man, for me, because Thomas and I kind of grew up together, sort of, in the madness. We ran in the same circles, the punk rock skate scene of Paducah, Kentucky, mm. back in the day. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of friends in sobriety that I had in the madness that are doing good. And not all of them were as bad off as me. Some people could drink successfully uh, and drug successfully, I guess you could say. But I know maybe we were just some of the worst of them. Uh, But I know that it it was awesome when I found out that you were also sober, been sober for a while. And, like, I was newly sober at that point and we've kind of kept in contact and you're down in nashville um so and this has been a long time coming we've talked about having you on but just uh have you guys on and kind of like i mean we can reminisce i know that i wanted you guys to tell a little bit about your journey and pathway into recovery i know a little bit about it but to uh, share with our listeners and uh yeah man we we'll just have some fun all right well yeah i was just telling austin on the way here, um, same way you said it, man. Um, I don't know of a lot of guys that that uh, I ran around with that ran the way me and you ran that that actually are doing this recovery thing now. Right. And uh, I've gotten hyped up a few times along the way. Probably went too far with some old buddies and ran them off, and you know yeah. stuff you learn along the way. But yeah, it's super cool to. Uh, you know, I was stoked when I don't even know how I found out that you were doing this. I don't even remember. I you, I remember when you reached out to me after you guys had played a show at Dragon. I ran out, ran into you outside. Yeah, and then we did. I didn't know either of us. I don't think knew we yeah. were sober at that point. And then like a couple weeks later, Corey reached out to me. And he's like, "Can I give your number to somebody?" And he's like, "Thomas wants it." So I guess that you had heard from them or Danny. Maybe, yeah, cause Danny I, I do knew. remember that now, and I ran into you, and you know, like you could, there was a little bit of language, and I noticed you weren't drinking, and yeah. which normally we were, well, uh, always, right? Yeah, and <laughs> uh, and amongst a lot of other stuff, but uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's super exciting. Like I took Austin uh, around some old stopping grounds on the way here, and um, home sweet home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can make it home. You know, I love I love Paducah. It's where I'm from. It's where I grew up. Uh, and for me, Paducah wasn't my problem, but but you know my relationship to this area at that time was was a problem. You know, sure. and it's not the case for everybody. People, places, and things. Yeah, yeah, and I had to I had to go, and uh, uh, so it's but it's good to be back. And and what you guys got going on here was was never to my knowledge anything that was happening in this area yeah. and it's it's awesome. I mean we definitely weren't looking for it growing up but I, I mean turning point wasn't here like you said we were talking about earlier there was only one meeting that everyone knew about you know and I wasn't going to it back yeah. then <laughs> yeah. you know so yeah it's it's changed man the recovery community has really grown here and and in, uh, everywhere really yeah I, 
my uh, my first experience with uh, uh, 12 Steps was at a meeting in Paducah years before I got, I actually ended up getting sober and I went in there highly under the influence and ran my mouth a lot. And had a, <laughs> there was a great chairperson in that meeting, man. He very politely said, hey, man, let's talk after the meeting. And I was pissed, you know, for, for years about that. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of interesting uh, how it comes full circle. Yeah, definitely <laughs> is. So, I mean, what? tell us a little bit about your journey to, like, what was the point that you got to that you was ready to do something different, you know, and what did it take? Well, uh, man, drinking and using, uh, I fell in love early. You know, that's uh, not everybody's story. It is mine. I could take Austin to the place that I first drank and used right now. Yeah. You know, it was a magical experience for me. Um, and uh, it worked for me very well for a long time. And now it wasn't working for my family and a lot of people that cared about me. Like immediately they were very concerned about my behavior and the things that went sure. along. But, you know, I wasn't. You couldn't have hit me in the head with a sledgehammer and drug me to anything to do with sobriety for a long time. Yeah. Um, I, I, w- I was not interested. It worked beautifully for me. Like I said, it didn't work for my parents very well. Um, so, you know, I was out of the house by the time I was 17, 18 years old and uh, wanted to do my own thing. I had parents that taught me how to, how to work, you know, which I... I didn't like as a teenager, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I was able to do that and, uh, and party the way I wanted to party for a while, you know, and, uh, but long story short, minus all the gnarly details, by the time I'm 29, 28, 29, I'm, I'm doing things that, you know, even in the, in the party circles back in the day, like you didn't do that, right? you know, like I got yeah. some buddies that would let you know what was up if you if you cross these certain lines you know and not not unlike a lot of guys in this area and everywhere i got i got wrapped up in the you know drinking's always been a huge part of my life and then other things you know i got real wrapped up in the opiate world and and there's really i'm not saying this to be cool um not much i wouldn't do if it would change the way i felt now there were certain things that i had to do yeah, you know, I found out about that uh, in my mid twenties. Uh, I found out what those guys that were always sick, what they were talking about. You know, I didn't know really what. I'm like, what do you mean you're sick? Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's a rude awakening when yeah. you realize you can't function without this. You know? Yeah, and then you get you do it long enough, like me, I did. You get used to being sick. Like here we go again, and willing to do anything you can to change that. Yeah, you know, and don't care who you hurt along the way. Um, yeah, man. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's like I can't tell you that there was one. You know, there had been a lot of really bad events that happened. Um, but for me, the best I can tell, it was an accumulation of living that way. Because I had lost, you know, I'd blown up every relationship I've ever, ever been in. I'd been broke. I'd torn up my car their car, you know, who, you know, I'd yeah. torn up cars, lost apartments, lived in rough places, uh, been sick all the time, you know, and all that stuff sucked. But, uh, there was something, you know, finally, by the time I, when I was 34 years old, I did what, uh, you know, 
tough punk rockers do and i called my mom <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. and uh and i said i i i think i'm having a nervous breakdown and that's the only thing that i could i could think to say um i wasn't one that made a lot of declarations that i was going to get sober i made a lot of declarations that i'm going to stay off of the hard stuff and you know the the addict alcoholic dream i'm just going to drink and smoke pot successfully right you know and i could never do it you know, never could. Uh, it always, always did those two things uh, to excess, or um, ended up calling dude. And the ones who know know right. what that means. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I just remember thinking, if this is going to be my life, I'm not interested. And that that was kind of a scary place to get because I'm thinking, is. is this where? It happens. You know, what happens to a guy that gets lower than this? And when I say low, I don't mean like losing the stuff or blowing up another relationship or being broke. All that stuff really sucked. But there was something on the inside, you know, that I just ran out of steam, you know. And yeah. uh, like I said, I called mom, and she had been waiting on that call for not an exaggeration, probably 15 to 20 years easily, you know. And, and uh, my parents showed up, and and got me to a detox place and uh, and then sent me to Discovery Place, which I'm now executive director, which is insane. That is <laughs> that is crazy to me, man. I mean I mean it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. But just to think how, how far we've come, like myself, like I'm our QRT lead here at Turning Point. I'm on the board of the ASAP for Graves County. Like I'm an addict, man. You know, like <laughs> I'm a gutter punk, you know, like what yeah. is going on? So, but it's amazing. It's amazing what recovery can do and when you change your life around and you're willing to, willing to commit to trying to help somebody and, and do this, man. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. You want to know something? My biggest issue with meetings is despite their name, they're never about me. Here at Turning Point, all of our meetings are for you and about you. We have meetings at least three times a day, seven days a week. We are located at 415 Broadway, Paducah, Kentucky. Call 270-444-3621 for more information. Hey, y'all. Did you know it's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely? Here at Turning Point, we don't want you to ever be lonely either. That's why we are open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., Always feel free to come hang with our friendly staff, and don't forget your guinea pig. We're located at 415 Broadway Street, downtown Paducah. What about you, Austin, man? Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, well, I also, I was thinking, too, because when we were driving over here, you know, Thomas was talking about, like, uh, in treatment, Paducah was the thing that he wanted to come back to. And nothing wrong with Paducah, but just, like, the idea of, like, that life being so attached to that drug addict life, man. I mean, I had the same thing. I remember, uh, I mean, for me, my story is, I mean, it's just like everybody else's, you know. Um, I also can remember the first time I got drunk. Like, I can tell you um, the house I was in, the person I was with, you know, what we did, we snuck down and got liquor out of his, you know, mom's cabinet, and we got Gatorade, and we thought it was going to taste gross, or we heard – through the grapevine, you know, people that had right. already done that, that it was going to taste gross. And we had, like, uh, 
mixed this liquor and Gatorade together. Come to find out, the liquor was Bailey's Irish Cream and Orange Gatorade. We nice. made like this weird dream sickle <laughs> drink, and I got trashed, dude. And woke up the next morning, and I was like, that was the best thing in my entire life. Um, and like, I vividly remember. You know, walking around this dude's neighborhood, you know, drunk for the first time at 13 years old and, like, thinking to myself, I'll do this at any moment that I get. You know, it was like for the first time in my life I felt like me and another human were, like, on the same playing field. I'd never felt that way. There, I was always, like, the worst in the room or I'm the best to ever do it. And that's how <laughs> I live my life. And yeah. so then alcohol kind of just leveled me out and I felt like I was okay for the first time in my own skin. So... Looking back, it makes total sense that, you know, from the very first time that I, I started drinking, I was immediately attracted to the elixir. You know, I wanted more of it. I wanted more of that life. And just the natural progression of that life, same for me. You know, it just kind of moved into some harder things, a lot more drinking. Um, I landed in treatment. I got introduced to treatment early, you know, when I was 16 years old. It was my first time in treatment. I remember at the end of 30 days, like, I'm standing on this table, and I'm like, I'm going to stay sober forever, and the counselors <laughs> right. are like. you could pass a lie detector test. All right, right dude, and I definitely could have. Like, I right. really believed, like, you know, that's all I needed was just go to a little bit of treatment and learn some things, and I'll be on my way, and. You know, at, there's, like, that other piece of me, too, though. Like, I'm, I'm a 16-year-old kid. I'm going to probably keep going um and I definitely did and you know ended up relapsing the day I got out and you know I was in and out of treatments for you know my entire adult life um jails and all that kind of stuff you know the, all the things we do yeah um, and I remember um the last time when I got sober um I was sitting outside of a motel in Tampa Florida I'm from middle Tennessee you know I'm not from Florida and my addiction took me all across the United States, Texas, Florida, different counties in Tennessee. I mean, not across the United States. That's a bit of an exaggeration. We'll say the SEC. You know? <laughs> I toured the SEC pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I called this dude at Discovery Place. who's was an employee there that, you know, I had gone to that treatment center, you know, like months before this relapse and really, you know, looked up to this guy and just was like, what do I do, man? You know, because, like, at that time I was 26 been in and out of treatment since I was 16 years old so for 10 years kind of doing this just this rodeo um and never able to figure it out and I and I straight up I was like what do I do now and he was like well really <laughs> I called him and I told him uh dude I'm not even like I'm not because like I was doing like crystal meth and all kinds of other things and I told him I'm like dude I'm not even like doing meth like I'm just like drinking and smoking weed man I still can't go to work and he's like bro you already forgot the drugs and alcohol are not your problem and yeah. it just clicked in my mind for the first time. And I had heard that, you know, being in and out of treatment a lot. I'd heard that so many times, but for yeah. some reason, it clicked that time. And so I asked him, what, I, what do I need to do? And he told me exactly what to do, man. And for some reason, I still don't know, I did exactly what that guy told me to do. Yeah, I got on the bu I got on the plane. My, I called Dad one more time. Please help me out. This is the plan. This is what I'm doing. He didn't quite believe me, but he took a chance and put me on a plane, and I flew home, and he picked me up the next day, and um, he was, oh, my God, it was Father's Day, dude. Happy Father's Day, Dad. You know, like, here's your junkie son. You know? It's yeah. just not cool, bro. But um, he picks me up, and, um, you know, he's driving me out to a halfway house in Dixon, you know, kind of where, you know, that's where Discovery Place is. And 
didn't have the, the finances to go back into treatment, you know, but I had some sort of willingness I'd never had before. You know, I don't know. Um, I still don't know how to explain it. It was because I gained and lost things in my life, you know. Like, I right. feel like I'm the king of getting six, seven, eight months of sobriety and kind of getting everything back in order and then burning it down, you know, um, for a multitude of reasons. You know, actually, you know, really never doing recovery. But this time I had some untapped resource i guess and i started doing exactly what these people told me to do and you know i mean five years later i'm now the director of admissions and business development at discovery place man like it's just the kind of stuff like and you know that's what i was referring to earlier like this where we're at now you thomas like those are not the plans i had when i rolled up to treatment man yeah this is not what i thought i was going to be doing nor was i ever interested in doing it but that's the crazy thing about God, man. That's the yeah. crazy thing about recovery is it's like if I'll just get out of the way and just let this thing do whatever it wants, like, turns out it's going to be okay, man. I mean, so far it has been. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's just been, like, I love how, the, like, you guys' story is similar to mine in that we stayed in position and, like, I worked at the rehab that you went through mm-hmm. and just stayed connected like that. That's like the easiest pathway to succeed in it and you know every i know there's like we say all the time on here there's different pathways to recovery everybody does it a little different and i've seen success stories in all aspects of recovery but for me i knew especially living here in paducah and being from here and growing up here i knew that i had to stay connected to this scene because it would be real easy for me to start running with there's a lot of our old friends still live around here you know and I run into them every now and then at a gas station and stuff and, you know, try to say hi. But I know that I can't run with them like I used to anymore. And that's why I had to stay connected to Centerpoint when I graduated and then came to work here. You know, like, And I don't know if I'm sure it is the same for you guys that, uh, like, the peace and the fulfillment in my soul from trying to help someone else and not being living selfless, selfishly anymore is priceless, you know, like. I'm happy doing what I'm doing, and I wasn't happy for years before, you know. I had moments of happiness that were drug-induced, you know, but they were fleeting. Uh, now I'm, like, consistently happy with who I am and what I get to do. So I just feel like it's such a blessing. And like you said, it's truly by the grace of God in this program that that's, I, that's even possible. Yeah. yeah man. So talk a little bit about uh, y'all's program down there, Discovery Place. I went and toured it. Uh, well, I guess it's almost been a year ago, hasn't yeah, it? Probably so. Yeah, probably so. It's a beautiful place down there in uh, Dixon, Tennessee. Yeah, so man. tell us a little about it. Yeah, so uh, started in 97. Uh, a couple of guys, uh, they wanted to do a, uh, I think the word they're using these days, now they didn't use it back then, is 12-step is immersion. You know, so that's, that's what we do at, at Discovery Place. It's a spiritual retreat for men. Um, and, and we talk about, we take guys through the steps and not, not on a worksheet, check it off, memorize it kind of level, but like, you know, how, how to apply this to, you know, to my daily life. Um, and you know, what happened for me at discovery place is, um, I started hearing guys, you know, I struggled, man, most of my life and in early sobriety with sobriety like sobriety by itself maybe i should say abstinence from drugs and alcohol 
has always been very miserable for me. <laughs> you know, I, I was convinced by the time when I made that call, I was, I was ready to stop doing what I was doing. I was tired of being sick all the time. Um, and tired of this, whatever this thing that was going on inside of me that was not funny. I mean, you know how it is. Uh, we got some humor that some people think is not very funny. I think it's super important. But but what was going on with me before I made that call was not funny, you know, yeah. at all. I'm talking about being almost 35 years old, and I got tears running down my face about the way that I'm living my life, yeah. you know, and I don't want to be. Um, so I got to Discovery Place sober i'd been in the hospital for a week and was still not feeling great but i was sober and i wasn't happy not even close you know uh i was struggling man like the guys that were i'm I'm, you know i walk in and i got my scowl on and i got my black flag shirt on because i'm trying to throw up a flag to see if somebody (laughs) knows what's up you know because i'm scared you know and there was a, a guy that was, you know, had similar taste in music and all that kind of stuff. But um, I was, you know, I was terrified. And, I, of course, I'm not going to let you know that. You know, I'm going to kind of walk up the sidewalk like, I'm all right. This sucks, you know. Um, and I'm kind of looking around. I, look, I meet my guide, and he's smiling, and he's got the little polo on, you know. Yeah. I'm like, he doesn't know. You know, he's, he's too clean cut. He's got a polo on, you know. Once I got to talking to this guy, Matt Coon, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. all right, yeah. yeah. You, you may not look it, but, yeah, that was a, a gnarly story he just told me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, more than just the sobriety thing, because I found out, I didn't know it at the time, but, you know, abstinence from drugs and alcohol, and that's it, is super miserable for me, yeah. you know. And these guys started talking to me about, you know, uh, the disease of alcoholism and drug addiction and how, you know, the way they talked about the way their minds worked, drunk or sober, high or sober, I was like, oh, I might I might have that. And I'm starting to get interested. You know, at first, the guys that were smiling and cutting up, I, you know, the only thing I knew to do because that was so foreign to me was to tear them down in my head and maybe even to other people sometimes like these guys are dorks or these guys you know i don't know yeah. i don't i don't buy it sure you know it's the only thing i knew to do uh, but i think really what was going on is that i was envious of what they had you know because they seemed you know i tested them too uh to see if they were really had lived the life mm-hmm. you know and they passed the test I could tell that they weren't BSing me. And uh, and they seemed, you know, happy may be the wrong word because, you know, I've got a kind of twisted idea of happiness. I think something's wrong if I don't feel like I've been shot out of a cannon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they seemed content and they seemed at ease with themselves. Yeah. And, and they told me that they had found that through practicing the 12 steps as a way of life. And they kept emphasizing that word practice. Like I thought, I didn't know where I was going when I got to Discovery Place. I didn't know if I was, you know, good enough to be there. I thought I had to maybe, you know, clean my act up before I could get in recovery or I was going to have to be perfect and never mess up. And um, I had a lot of a lot of crazy ideas going on, and, and they just kept emphasizing that word practice. Uh, we're just practicing. Knuckleheads like us are just practicing this kind of spiritual way of life. Yeah. One day at a time, you know, 
Um, and, and guys, man, you know, it's like I try to think of new clever ways to say things, but the old timers typically get it right a lot quicker than I can. And, yeah, you know, concepts like one day at a time. You know, there were times early on where my only goal, because I was struggling so bad being sober and I was so irritable and restless. Discontent. Discontented. <laughs> that I just had to get my head to the pillow, you know, and, and not leave. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just, over time, uh, guys loved me until I could begin to start maybe taking a look at, at loving myself a little bit. And it's still awkward to use that kind of language for a guy like me, yeah. you know. We'll be right back. One thing I have always wondered is who put the alphabet in alphabetical order. At Turning Point, our goal is to help you put your life back in order. If you struggle or have struggled with substance use disorder and are in need of help, come see us at 415 Broadway Street, Paducah, Kentucky. Or call 270-444-3621 and sign up for peer support services with one of our friendly staff who have lived experience with addiction. Hope to see you soon. As a woman in recovery, I know how important having a fellowship of women has been for me. Come join us at the Women of Worth All Recovery Support Group here at Turning Point, 415 Broadway, Paducah, Kentucky, every Friday night at 6 p.m., where we discuss our personal experiences in recovery. Hope to see you there. It's awesome, man. I mean, yeah, very similar. I was in the hospital for a week before I went in there. Didn't want to be there. I had the shakes for two months and still detoxing, you know. Uh, It took a while for me to actually be willing to open up to what was going on there. You know, I don't know if, if you know, Discovery Place is anything like Centerpoint. Everybody that's been there for a while is like, Lo- I love you, man, you know, supportive, help bringing your oranges, whatever, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, you're like, what yeah. is this? You know, I'm, I'm used to jail, you know, yeah, like, yeah. everybody just leaves, stay out of my way, I'll stay out of yours, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it's just that something clicked. When you're ready, like you've been saying, sick and tired of being sick and tired, uh, and day at a time. All those old sayings are so true. Easy does it, you know. Uh, relax a little. I, I love that because as much as you get sick of hearing that early on in treatment, once you start applying it, you see how true it is and how it helps you. You know. Yeah. What about you, man? Man, I mean, Discovery Place is a special place, dude. I mean, there's no other way to to put it. Um, You know, I think it was probably, for me, it was the first time that I was, I mean, we're we're a smaller facility, you know, I mean, and that's very much on purpose. You know, it's not like a big organization where there's, you know, like 80 or 90 uh, patients or whatever you want to call them walking around. And, you know, it's very small. Um, which was which threw me off a little bit because I'm used to going like to these big, you know, like I'm getting lost in the sauce. You know, I'm I'm you know making jokes in the back and not taking anything seriously and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff and being that dude, um, you know, and the and the caseworkers like, all right, man, whatever, dude, you know, and I couldn't do that stuff at Discovery Place. Not that we don't like crack jokes and people don't do that, but like there was like a sense of like uh, like. 
you're kind of put on notice, you know, like people, you know, like you, you were seen immediately by the staff, you know, you were seen immediately by the guests that were there. Um, and the thing that really stood out to me was that all the, all the staff members besides the lady that works in the financials is an alumni of the program, you know, so everybody in the kitchen all the way up to the executive director and everybody in between has gone through discovery place at some point and got their life changed and has now got, got bit by the bug, wants to help people and all that kind of stuff. And so I was like a little weirded out at that at first. I was like, this place is a cult. Like I'm not really buying into this. Like this is kind of, you know, like, kumbaya and everyone is like love your brother and they're giving you hugs and you're like what and like what is going on man and super uncomfortable obviously you know i'm dying in my own skin but these dudes are loving me as soon as i show up on that front doorstep and and they stayed that way nothing changed you know like it just like they kept loving me where i was at and you know i never been to a place i've been and i've been to a couple different like really well-known treatment centers and they took me through the book, man. Like, that was the deal. They took me through the big book and the 12 and 12 and the daily reflections with a fine-tooth comb in a way that I'd never done before, you know, with people that didn't go to school on how to, you know, talk to me or deal with me, like a dude that was two years sober, you know, that was a junkie just like me, you know, that, like, had some experience with the book, and he's like, this is how it worked for me, and, like, this is what I got from this when I was in here, and this is how it applies to my life outside of here. Do you have any questions? What are you thinking? And I don't know, man. It was just uh, it caught me off guard, I think. And, you know, but the truth is, is that kind of what Thomas was saying is whether I wanted to admit it or not, I was absolutely attracted to what was going on because these dudes were like, the dudes that were working there, I mean, they were, like, married, some of them. They had, like, wives, and, you know, they were driving cars that, you know, they were paying for and all this kind of stuff. And, like, they had bills that were getting, you know, the lights were on at their house and the water was running, and sometimes they would have kids. And I'm like, this is – like, I just never thought that that was possible, you know. And yeah. that, nor was I even – I think, I mean, the hard exterior would have been like, I'm not interested in that stuff, man. Like, I don't even care about any of that. But the truth is, dude, is that's what I want, man. You know, I, I did. And I saw that it was possible for a guy like me. And they were big – I mean, we're big about if you'll do what we do, you can get what we have. And not like in like a we have it all. But like if you want the life that we're having, which is given to us by the 12-step program and Discovery Place and like the good life, man, it's available to you. You just got to do exactly what we're doing because we did exactly what somebody else told us to do. And that right. dude did exactly what somebody else told him to do. And it's been this domino effect since the 1930s, <laughs> you know. And so yeah. it just works, you know. It's just uh, Discovery Place is unique in the fact that, um, you know, we're, we're just a bunch of guys that are junkies and drunks, man. You know, we're not doctors, clinicians, or psychiatrists. And not, not saying that none of that is good or bad or indifferent. It's just, it was a different experience, man. You know, just talking to people that had been in your shoes. Because you know, I've gone to therapy, and I went to the doctors and got put on medications and all that kind of stuff. And again, not saying that it's not good, but we're kind of built on this idea that there's no other better person to help an alcoholic than, than an alcoholic. It just makes sense. It's simple math. And so like, it's just been working for, I guess, 26 years now, 27 years now. And, um, I don't know, man, it changed my life. The, the 12 steps was the last thing I tried. It's the first thing that worked, man. 
I mean, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like how you're saying that it was, you thought it was kind of like a cult, man, because I was the same thing. And like, they're just brainwashing us here because you're going like, I don't know, at center point, we're going to the same classes every day for weeks on end. Mm-hmm. And they're just beating it into your head. I'm the like, same thing I, over and over But then, again. yeah. And then it's like, but we, I needed a good brainwashing. You know, that's, that's the problem. All up here, like you said earlier, man, the, Drugs and alcohol are just a symptom. And it was my thinking and my actions and the way I looked at the world and uh, my spiritual well-being that I had spent no time on developing. You know, uh, that's my favorite thing about the steps is the spiritual principles behind the steps. Because I feel like whether you're working the steps or not, anyone in the world could benefit from living by those spiritual principles. And if everyone did, the world would be a drastically different place. Uh, and that's what that's what fills me today is living by and and like you said, someone passed it along to you, and all we have to do is pass it along to someone else, man. I love sponsoring guys and working here, being able to work with people one on one and pass that on because it's succeeded for me. And I, like I said, I know that uh, the twelve steps isn't the only way that people can recover, but I'm passionate about it because it's what worked for me. You know, and I've seen it work for so many others, and I just think it's a great thing. And I'm so happy you guys are on here today. Yeah, uh, you guys asked me a question before the podcast, so I'll, I'll answer it officially on the podcast. <laughs> Back in the day, I had a nickname called Mahamba. I was named Mahamba. All yeah, right, dude. I, you know, most people didn't know me as any other name but Mahamba. <laughs> I just Which, started calling you Matt yeah, recently. Yeah. I know. Uh, and it's not, since you ask, I'll tell, but it's not some crazy story. We used to go to the mall and, and you know, we're older and play in the arcade, the video games. That's before everybody had a PlayStation or Nintendo, you know. Yeah. We called it training. And you go to the mall, we play, spend, you know, $30 in quarters playing. Well, there's one game, I can't remember what it was. I think it might have been Street Fighter. Or Final Fight. Or maybe that. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. It had a character called Mahamba, right? Okay. And, of course, Corey Green, who did not, does nothing, he's the king of insults, right? <laughs> he, uh, he, he just started calling me Mahamba, and I hated it. You know? Like, that's your new nickname. What's we're going to call <laughs> oh, you? Man. Hated it. <laughs> but I also was smart enough at that age to realize the only way to take the power away is to own it. Yeah. So then I just started introducing myself as Mahamba because so that he couldn't so I I won right yeah, yeah. and it just kind of stuck for right. years. It's that a was hard nickname, that, dude. Yeah. yeah, I know, and it it's taken some weird twists and turns over the years. I tried to get rid of it when I moved to Florida, but I moved down there with a bunch of people who knew it. Uh, when I moved to Louisville, I was like I only moved up there with one, like with Kelly. Yeah. But then Shane came up there, and it was like, ah, <laughs> uh, and then he brought it back, and then other friends I knew, I met up there, knew other people. It just took forever to get rid of it. And, uh, you know, people thought I was Amish, you know. <laughs> I, I, for a while, I had the only the beard, you know, but no mustache. Yeah. And people would call me Mahamba. And I, I, I played that a few times. I'd be like, you know, be at the bar and be like, yeah, I'm Amish. I just left the community. I'm new to the world, you know, <laughs> yeah. trying to. <laughs> oh, man. I had some fun with it. But, yeah, that's the origin story of that, man. Nice. So, All right. 
Yeah, it's been years. I never knew. <laughs> yeah, I just Mahamba. said it. It's Mahamba. That's cool. Yeah, well, it's Sir Matthew now. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, sadly, the nickname that's been going around work because they I didn't do what I knew to do and like try I, and because I can't own it is they call me Maddie Bear because oh. I really hate that. Yeah, and I let them know that. Yeah, and tough. so now there's stickers with my face all over the place oh, that man. say Maddie Bear. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. but you know what? Uh, flattery is or what's the how's the saying go? Uh, you know what I'm know. talking about? Yeah, yeah. that thing. That, yeah. that one saying. Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they love me. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, We've had some pretty wild nicknames. Yeah. On Discovery yeah. Place, man. Yeah. 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 We've had some pretty wild ones. Uh, there was two dudes named Matt, and uh, they would call each other Little Matt and Big Matt. But Little Matt was huge. Right. That's usually how it works. It was little. <laughs> That's not the wildest. He also pro- had Lil Narcan. Lil Narcan. That's his rap name. Yeah, that was tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was tough. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah, it is good. It's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I like it, man. Lil Narcan, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I it's appreciate a term, you. It's terms of endearment, man. Nick yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's the way I look at it. I mean, even though I don't enjoy Maddie Bear, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the fact that they're calling me anything, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm glad you guys were able to come on. I know, like, you're up here picking up some T-shirts. for. What are you picking them up for? Tell me again. Uh, Dixon County Recovery Fest. Mm-hmm. So it's this weekend, I guess. I didn't know that this is recovery month. I was like, me and Austin were talking. I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. there are a lot of recovery really? fests going on this <laughs> yeah. month. And then Weird. I saw, actually, on this podcast that it's recovery month. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm a little bit behind the curve on some things. We'll be but, ready next year, man. Yeah. 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 But it's cool. Um just to get to be a part of it and and have a a buddy of mine from back in the day. He's got a screen printing business, loud and clear. Uh it's a little plug for him. Yeah. And uh yeah. Uh, he printed the shirts up, did a great job and yeah, we're gonna see what happens this weekend with that. Awesome man. And I still need to get down there and Share my story sometime. Yeah, I know man, we well, talked about it when I visited. Yeah, anytime. You guys, you guys are pretty booked up the last time. Yeah, we'll kinda... get you on a on a Friday night, man. And yeah, anything we can do for you guys, let us know. Yeah, all right. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, check out our check us out on YouTube or listen to our audio versions on Apple, Google, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music. And as always, stay grateful. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or in recovery and needs guidance. Speak with Turning Point's team of peer support specialists by calling 270-444-3621. You are not alone, and we are proof that recovery is possible.